My guest today is my friend and Lincoln Project Senior Advisor, Trivi Olson. Trivi is one of the smartest guys in American politics, and I mean that by an order of magnitude. He has been everywhere, done everything. He has been around this world fighting to move countries from autocracy to democracy. And I don't think necessarily any of us expected we'd be in this fight trying to save American democracy even, you know, 10 years ago. But here we are. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. So today I wanted to, to, to have you on the show, talk about what you see coming on the horizon, not only in like the 30,000 foot uh, view of, of where this autocratic global movement is headed and what they're up to here and abroad, um, but also to get your view of the, the upcoming 24 presidential race and of course the upcoming U.S. Senate races, which you and I talk about an awful lot and I think are actually going to be a really fascinating show in 24. So with that, Trick, welcome to the enemies list. Well, thank you, Rick. It's good. We're we're definitely if I'm gonna be on uh on a list of enemies, I'd happy to be <laughs> as McCain said though, what we have to keep in mind is so I'll tell you a story at the outset. So at at in about two thousand five or six, Nikolai Patrashev, uh-huh. who uh is in the news a lot, he's Putin's he's the head of the FSB at the right. time. He gave a speech in which he alluded to me, not by name, but it was very obvious who he was talking about. It's a little freaky to have the head of the FSB saying you're fermenting uh, chaos in Russia's near abroad. <laughs> and uh, McCain, I get a phone call because I was a little shook about it. Sure. I get this call and it's like, basically, boy, you're judged by the stature of your enemies. Click. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. First off, that is that is the, the greatest John McCain in a nutshell, right? Yeah, right. basically. Whoops. Yeah. Trigby, this is John McCain. John. Boy, you're judged by the you'd stature of your enemies. You're doing well. Well, like, well, and that is one of the things that uh, you know that you have been a long, long time go to guy in trying to push back against all of these all of these uh, you know autocratic movements around the world and and I think what people in America took for granted for a long time was it's not us we can't that that's not how we, how it goes here that's not what happens in Florida I mean we're not or in, in America we're not we're not those kind of people and right. and it turns out it turns out we are aren't we Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think about, you know, you and I met the first time in person, we right. kind of known each other and moved in different orbits yeah. out in Park City. And I was giving, I'd showed up to give that briefing on mm-hmm. sort of autocrats and whatever. And you made a point which kind of made me smile and obviously endeared you to me right away <laughs> when you said, you know, that the, um, and you sounded like your old boss, Dick Cheney, actually, <laughs> when you said that, you know, society and civil society is a very fragile thing. Yep. And um, we were having that in the context of Trump not potentially conceding and 
and basically in September before the election, right. calling it. And, um, you know, that's what autocratic forces play on, right? Like we forget, we take, we take democracy for granted. And then the more you get out around the world, the more you discover how lucky we are in the U.S. And, and one of the things most people in the United States never encounter is people that are very zero sum. You know, Russians, Chinese mm-hmm. autocrats tend to be really zero sum. You have for them to win, you others have to lose. And, um, you know, democracy by nature is a win-win proposition. We all agree that we can find consensus, but we can disagree. Um, but it's very easy to succumb when you have people who are that zero sum and they get power um, to do whatever they have to do to keep it. And um, that's what we saw with Donald Trump, and we're seeing more and more of that. Well, I, I, and I think, I think it, it it's finally coming home to some folks who thought, oh, you know, Steve Bannon's just a shit talker. These guys are just, you know, this is just their like, they're like, it's like, it's like their version of the college dorm room bullshit session. But it turns out they're not. They actually mean this. They actually would like to move us from a a constitutional republic that's based on democratic principles. And to something a lot, a lot darker, and unfortunately in our history, that actually happens more more times than people think. Yeah, I mean it can happen, and um, particularly when people start to become frustrated with the system, they feel like it isn't answering what what um, their needs are. And you know, the other piece of it is, you know, autocracy is great for the two percent that are on the top of the vertical, <laughs> right? But it's pretty rotten for everybody else. But yeah, I mean, democracies can and do fail. Um, and um, it's when you have somebody, an autocratic actor or autocratic forces infecting a democracy, um, you know, they can take on a life of their own because the natural response when you have people who are playing a game where for them to win, the others have to lose, is those who are on the side that have to lose start playing the same game. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that that can infect everything. Um, radicalization can occur um, because of radicalization and extremism on the other side. It's the natural, it's the natural sort of tendency. Cycle, and it's what right. makes, yeah, it's what makes 2024 and that presidential election that we have coming up here so consequential, but also potentially problematic. I mean, if, you know, I, I believe that we will do everything within to to keep this from happening, sure. and I don't think it will happen. But if Donald Trump were to win, there is no way people on the other side, first of all, probably would view it as legitimate, probably rightfully so. But second, would they be willing to accept that result? Because mm-hmm. once once long ago in Nigeria, I was with people who fought civil wars against each other, and this really wise old guy who had a long scar across his face from those civil wars said to me, you know, I think, I think you're naive about how elections work here in Nigeria. I was there to try and help, you know, they Mm -hmm. hadn't had free elections in like a decade and I was there to try and tell them they needed to keep the peace. And he said, you know, the thing about elections here, maybe unlike in the United States is that the success of elections in democracy aren't determined by the winning side. They're determined by the losing side being willing to accept it. And right. that's what we really have to ask ourselves as we look towards 2024. How do we get to a place where it's an accepted result? And really what that means is who's ever running against Donald Trump's got to kick the shit out of him. That, that, <laughs> yeah, this is why we're friends. <laughs> it's got to be overwhelming. Right. This is why we're friends because it is, I think it, I think it does take 
in 24. I think it does take, it's got to be such a colossal beatdown that it starts to reset some of the political expectations of people where they say things in their head right now, like, well, you know, if I'd lose my primary, it'll be so the MAGAs will, if I say anything, the MAGAs will win the primary. And, And the fact is that's not the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is, is that we go to, we have a, we have a, legitimate civil war kind of approach to it where no one will accept the results where no one will play ball where no one. So if you beat him that badly, it will force a, a mental reset inside the, inside at least, at least a fraction, at least a meaningful fraction of the GOP. Um, And a lot of the people that we know that, you know, maybe a lot of our listeners don't feel a lot of love for Mitch McConnell, but say what you will, he's a rational actor. He is a person who acts from a, a mental frame that isn't delusional about what we're facing. He may be amoral, but he's not delusional. And I think we're going to end up with more people not like Mitch McConnell than like him as we go forward. Well, I think, you know, having been close to that world, the the thing, people on the left, you know, you've had this experience too. So it's been enlightening with, with Lincoln Project stuff because you get, you get to see what the other side is thinking. Mm-hmm. And I, I get the sense with McConnell uh it, it's more that he wins he's successful right? right but McConnell himself talks about where the adversaries I mean the he and Harry Reid didn't agree on a lot of stuff they maybe didn't always get along but they viewed each other as worthy adversaries right and the dislike that Republicans sometimes at least the same ones have towards someone like Nancy Pelosi is really fomented on the fact she's really good at what she does and it's the same reason people on the left don't like McConnell He's really good at getting what he wants. And that there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, our history is filled with that. Republicans didn't like Lyndon Johnson very much because he succeeded getting a lot of stuff done. What, uh, what's a, you know, the problem is, is that, is that the Republican party has descended to a place where, um, anybody who defies Trump gets pushed out. And that is a classic illiberal vertical. And as you know, you know, one of the things that 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 caused me to recognize how bad the problem is, all that work abroad, when I would when I would do stuff in a place like Ukraine or Belarus or Venezuela or wherever, I would sit down and say, all right, what does this autocratic power structure look like? You know, Chavez is on top or, you know, Lukashenko's on top. Who are the people around them and how does this work? And at some point I came to a realization that I could do that for the Republican Party in the United States with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And that was terrifying because you can. Um, people like Matt Schlapp have power because of proximity to Donald right. Trump, not because they have any real power. Right. Mitch McConnell has less power because he's doesn't have proximity to Donald Trump, even though, you know, in theory, he's the second, third most powerful Republican. Elected. You know, that's that's that to me is one of those things that that I think a lot of of people who are, you know, what I call casual observers or, 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 you know, skaters across the surface of politics, uh, don't understand is that the, the prior structural power bases where the house speaker and the Senate majority leader and the president and, and, you know, some senior party officials, they had power to dictate and to drive what a party was going to look and sound like and how it was going to act in a great, in a, to a great degree. And now they have none of that power. Now they are, they are very much in a, in a different, in a different world where it's 
driven much more by Fox News, much more by this whole spate of online power centers um, and, and online communications methods that didn't exist, you know, 25 years ago. And they don't, and they still don't make sense to a lot of people who are more traditional political figures. Well, I mean, look at Kevin McCarthy, right? Like he's not even the fifth most powerful person in his own caucus. Right. And yet he's the highest ranking elected Republican in the country. Mm-hmm. Today. Why is that? I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene has more power. Why does Marjorie Taylor Greene have more power? Proximity to Donald Trump and ability to have those people move Kevin McCarthy and others to what they want. And if Kevin McCarthy doesn't doesn't toe the line, what's going to happen to Kevin McCarthy? And he's going to be gone. What do you think about, what do you think of, I mean, we had heard um, during the whole leadership fight that Matt Gates and a couple of others had gone to him and said, if you do a clean debt ceiling, we're going to take you out. Um, what do you mm-hmm. think Kevin's thinking about that right now? Because on the one hand, I think he was probably willing at the time to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. On the other hand, I kind of wonder if we might not be facing a leadership crisis much sooner than we think in the House. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be it's going to be a big thing because, um, as you know, Kevin McCarthy was telling the donor class, give me 30 reasonable mm-hmm. Republicans in a majority and I'll fix what's what's wrong with the Republican Party. Right. Um, and, you know, those guys, the big, big money people, they don't want to see us go off the cliff because the richer you are, the more you have at stake right. in, in America being the reserve currency and all the rest. And um, I don't know what he's going to do. Well, I mean, I think we know what Kevin will do. He's did, he's shown himself to not care about anything other than a right. portrait that he was Speaker of the House. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's the problem. It's never enough. Right. Um, you can't once you know, once you feed the monster, the monster never says, Oh, I'm full. I'm done. I'm I'm done eating. It always says more. Right. They're gonna they're gonna take you and eat you and eat you and eat you until there's nothing right. left. Right. And um I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know how Kevin McCarthy will look himself in the mirror and think that that this has been a good thing. Those who have stood up and done what's right, at least they can look themselves in the mirror, right. even if they're on the right. losing end and say, I did the right thing. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Liz um, Cheney or an Adam Kinzinger, while they probably did not like losing their races or being forced out in Adam's case, they probably a lot like us, you know, they wake up in the morning and go, all right, I'm not a terrible fucking scumbag. I I'm a real human being. <laughs> I still stuck with some with my principles. I didn't run into the uh, into the arms of the most weird and autocratic parts of the party. Right. It does strike me, and it's something I think you could really address because I, I see a lot of our friends on the left, and they say things like, "Oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's so stupid. Matt Gates is so stupid." Maybe they are, but isn't one of the lessons of autocracy is that stupid people doing things in large scales can lead to bad outcomes just as much as brilliant people doing things at large scale? I mean, mobs mobs are a scary. <laughs> creature and they should concern people because Marjorie Taylor Greene is not a political leader. She's a mob leader. I mean, I think about, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about Mel Brooks and and <laughs> I saw an interview once with Mel Brooks where he's talking about the producers. Yeah, yeah. Right? And he's like, what could be more stupid than we're going to round up a group of people? Right? <laughs> like, And so he's like, he might as well be deprecating to it. Um, and that's, yeah, absolutely. Like just because they're idiots doesn't mean they can't lead mob rule. And just because they have incredibly 
misguided things that they're going to do in terms of ambition. Right. I mean, I, is Putin a stupid guy? I don't know. He certainly is a zero sum Machiavellian guy. Was it a stupid move to invade Ukraine? Absolutely. But kind of to, 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 a you know, and that's a zero sum game, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Either Ukraine walks out, out of the bar or Putin walks out of the bar, but both of them can't. It's a little bit like that with 2024, right? Like the reason that people are saying with Ukraine, the best way to defeat Putin is for Ukraine to rout them and anything less than that, he's going to keep going. What what we often forget about autocratic and illiberal actors is because they're playing a zero sum game, any compromise is just strategic retreat. Well, that <laughs> right. I don't right? think people I really don't think people understand just how much, you know, the Bannon wing, the Stephen Miller wing of the Republican Party emulates that idea. They will they will step back once in a while for a minute, but it's never because they've given up on an, on something. It's like with immigration; they 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 step back when it smashes them in the face and hurts them, but then they are right back into it as soon as they as soon as they feel like they've got clear air. Yeah. They're always coming back to the thing again. I kind of wonder. I, I wonder what you think about that. It's going to be interesting to see what they do on the issue of abortion post Dobbs, right? Because like you look at the Wisconsin State Supreme Court race. And this is where both sides sometimes, tend, when you have kind of the extremism and intolerance that we have towards, towards right. the two sides of our politics, but they learn the wrong lessons, right? So I think Ben Winkler, who is the chair of the Wisconsin Republican Party, his statement was spot on right. because they're close to it, which was- which Did was, you say he was a Republican you know, Party? Sane. The- right. <laughs> I know. But you know, Ben basically said, listen, sane and, and normal won tonight. Right. Whereas national Democrats were trying to say, well, Protasevich won because she was a progressive and they're trying to make their own agenda about it. Um, But it's interesting with Dobbs because like so so Democrats like might be taking the wrong lessons. But then you see somebody like Scott Walker, who's basically saying (laughs) it's not about abortion. It's about indoctrination of the of the youth. As a listener to this podcast, you know, democracy is in danger in America and beyond. This titanic challenge requires a powerful response, and that's why Resolute Square was founded. The Enemies List is part of the Resolute Square family. We're a pro-democracy network. The Enemies List is just one part of Resolute Square's pro-democracy content and coverage. Our members get particularly exciting benefits. Exclusive live roundtable discussions with me, Reed Galen, Stuart Stevens, and Joe Trippi. In those discussions, you can ask us questions directly, as if you are in the room at a campaign strategy session. In these sessions, we'll give folks answers on how to fight back against the crazy, how to push back against the MAGA media, and how to communicate effectively in the battle for our democracy. We're building a new arsenal for democracy, and we could use your support. Head over to ResoluteSquare.com enemies to let the world know where you stand. Everybody's got a morning ritual. I know I do. And I want to feel like I'm getting my day going. I want to feel like I'm moving. And more than coffee sometimes, it's making sure you're clean, squared away, put together. You can get your day started by upping your shave game with Harry's sleekest razor yet, the craft handle. I like to use it because I've got to shave this giant dome of mine every day. So I got to keep it shiny. I have a beard, but I keep my neck clean front and back, do all the miscellaneous trimming. And the new craft handle, it actually is a lot more precision, at least that I found, with the new grip. I really like it a lot. You'll be getting quality shaving for a really amazing price. For now, they're offering the craft handle starter set for 10 bucks. 
It's a $17 value. So this is something you really should try. And if you don't like it, it's on them, guys. They stand behind the product. They guarantee it. How can you get a hold of the craft handle, the latest, greatest from Harry's? It's simple. Get it delivered to your door for 10 bucks at harrys.com slash enemies list. That's harrys.com slash enemies list. Well, I mean, between Scott and Kellyanne, they're both showing a little tiny bit of that crack that, that, that at Lincoln we've been very good at exploiting, which is they know there's a demographic tidal wave rushing toward them. And, and they know that, you know, that, that Tom Edsel article in the times about the strategists who devise the sort of current Republican plan. And you get, those are all people you and I know and known for years. They feel like they're racing really fast to get out way over the cliff because if they don't, you know, you're going to have, as we've seen it now, millennials are becoming less, they're becoming conservative as they age at a much slower rate than they than would have normally been predicted by the stats and by the by the by the past and the z's are coming up behind them with an even slower conversion to conservative uh voting patterns so they know they these guys know they're going to have to have to hit the wall pretty quickly and the authoritarian movement relies on people who feel so panicked right that their life will be taken away that everything will change if they don't immediately take all the power they can get. Well, here's the, here's the other factor that I think that sometimes gets missed. So, and you know this, so through, through the Lincoln Democracy Institute, you know, we've just gotten done doing this massive Mm -hmm. set of research, Mm -hmm. um, looking at, at, it's not horse race research. It's much more trying to understand radicalization and, and, and whatnot. One of the things we look at is, you know, Americans tend to, a vast majority tend to believe in traditional values it, 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 rather than reformist values. Um, but this is what the right has been missing. Mm-hmm. You know, Roe v. Wade is seen as a traditional value. It's been the law of the land for fifty that's years. That's the crazy. Right? That's like the this- crazy thing is it, it it had gotten wired so into the culture that it wasn't seen anymore as this as this overreach. No, no. and the same is true. Like this dipshit judge i i keep vacillating you're gonna laugh about this you know as you know i do this radio show in wisconsin (laughs) and i forget that i'm on the air so i have to to tone it down but i don't have to tone it down with you but like honestly these dipshits this dipshit in texas who's like oh i'm gonna ban the morning after pill well that's that's pretty much been the norm since you know just after trigby got done with college right right like the idea that that that's gonna go well with any segment of America outside of some really fringe people, again, they have become the ones who want to reform values back to like it's 1826 in Puritan values. And in Wisconsin, you know, my native state, you know, they've, they've basically taken the state back to 1848 with abortion. Uh-huh. Like, and how could they possibly think that's going well? And Scott Walker's an asshat if he thinks that has anything to do with indoctrination at the University of Wisconsin. Like he's got his head so far up his ass. Well, that would not that would not be the most that would that would not be the most unexpected position for Scott Walker to have his head. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I do think I do think that's one of the things. And your polling, you're just coming out with it, it. It's the it's the it's the radical nature of the moves that shocks people almost more than the moves themselves. Almost more that it's it's like how abrupt and extreme. I mean, if it was something that that evolved along with society or moved more slowly or was a thing that 
you know, we stop doing like littering from your car or saying the N word or whatever over time in society, it would be a different thing. But it's, but these guys were the ones who did, who put the shock in the system. These guys were the ones who decided we're going to, in Texas, have snitches following women around to see if they're getting abortions. Or in Idaho saying, we're not going to, we're going to track women's cell phone data so that if they travel, we're going to prosecute them. I mean, all that, all that abruptness is something that, that I feel like, I feel like authoritarians really depend on that sense of like shock uh, and, and of, 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 it's not the old cliche of the frog boils, you know, in the pot slowly. They, they just throw all the boiling water in on top of people all at once. And here's the thing that's crazy about it. Like you and I are about the same yeah. age. So like, you'll get this, right? Like we became people like and myself, I became a conservative because I didn't want government telling me what I could yes. do. And I was thinking recently about Tipper Gore. Oh yeah! People. Do you remember when she was going to label records? <laughs> Absolutely, right? twisted sister, D uh-huh. like Motley Crue, right? right? Gets this label that that explicit warning. What was the first thing that all my buddies? Yeah, and I of course. Did? It's like we got to get shot at the dump, right. man. We all ran out and bought the of album course. right away. And anyone that had that label, right? Because it's like I don't want government telling me what I can and can't listen to. Here's the thing: like I'm a pro-life person. I consider myself pro-life. I, but I'm outraged by Dobbs. Why am I outraged? Because I don't want a bunch of people on the other side telling my daughters what they can and can't do. Right. And, I, like, I, it's, I, and it's like, it's antithetical to conservatism. Right. I, I, I have long said this to people, um, even before, and I, you know, even before Trump, uh, I, I had this fairly iconoclastic position about abortion, which was you can say that abortion is a moral, complex moral problem. And a lot of people, you you take a position on it that I disagree with. You can also simultaneously believe that it is none of the government's fucking business at all under any circumstances. The fact that, that the Republican judicial mechanism in the country has now pushed it so hard and made it such a challenge that people are are really pushing back hard on it and had a, a meaningful impact expanding our Bannon line in 2022. And, and frankly, I think the stuff they've done are, are doing now with the six day or the six week bans and, and banning with the Pristone and all these other things. I think we're going to expand the Bannon line, especially with women, even more than we already have. Yeah, I think, well, you know, this, like one of the more interesting things with the Bannon line is certainly in Wisconsin in that governor's race, Michigan and Pennsylvania, right? Where in Arizona, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, yeah. Um, one of the target groups, um, as we, as you know, Trippy and I were, were talking through Joe Trippy and I, who handles that side of things, yeah. we were talking through it. Like, what's the Bannon line look like? And one of the interesting things we discovered is my demographic and actually my drinking buddies who are all in Western Wisconsin, who have kids who are similar age, daughters, like that was a really good demographic to steer ads to. Yeah. Because the reality is, and, you know, we went so far as to steering ads, you know, to shows that we thought that 22 year old daughters might be watching with dad mm-hmm. and putting, putting spots on so that, because anybody who's a girl dad, and I know you're a girl Absolutely. dad too, because met your daughter, right? Like, there's no faster way to get d- girl dads moving than to have their daughters. Ask. Uh, Wives can ask, coworkers can ask. Doesn't happen. But man, if daughter gets on you, uh, yeah, it that 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 ass. business moves. That business moves real quick. 
<laughs> right. Because well, and I have a whole theory on that, right? Like, because wives choose you, but daughters, you know, they'll love you regardless. So. God, I hope so. <laughs> they think you're the greatest. They think you're the greatest man to ever walk the planet. Wives actually see you with a dose of skepticism. But yeah, I mean, and and so like that's a really good target group. Um, and and a lot of them, you know, uh, you've heard me say this a million times. Most of my best friends in life are back in Western Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and most of them voted Evers Johnson. Right, and they voted they they voted for Evers because he was normal, and they thought Tim Michaels was an election denying weirdo. Yeah, but but they weren't going to go with the defund the police guy. Yeah, Yep. Better the asshole, and they all think Ron Johnson's an asshole. Better the asshole who we agree with than the guy who actually seems like a nice guy, but who might do a bunch of stuff that we don't trust. Well, and, and I mean, look, that, that is, that is one of the things that in the coming, in the coming election cycle, I think one of the biggest challenges is going to be which side picks the right candidates for their Senate races, because there's a real possibility right now. And, and I, and, and you, you can speak to this more than a lot of people. Mitch McConnell was injured earlier this year. There seems to be less cohesiveness among the consultants around him and among, uh, I mean, and obviously Mitch's own leadership is not, is not coming down like it used to uh, on candidate selection. He, he lost a lot of those battles in 22. So the question is, is he going to lose those battles again in 24? Where do you see that, that, that landing? I mean, I know we've got the crazy sheriff in Arizona right now, who's a guy who was described to me yesterday by, by Ruben Galeo as he is, this guy wears body armor all the time, everywhere he goes. Like he's about to like you know invade invade Iraq, and he's one of these people who's like, oh, Kerry wasn't conservative enough. Oh, <laughs> so where do you see like right. the the Senate opportunities right now? Because I think we're going to end up with a lot more cuckoos. So this is what I think, and I'll get since your listeners probably like down in the weeds, I'll get pretty down in the weeds. So Steve Daines is the chair mm-hmm. of the um, senatorial committee. Which, if you're sitting in McConnell's side, right, like that's a lot better choice than Rick Scott, because Rick Scott only really gives a shit about and maybe and and maybe an actual lizard alien overlord. <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, think about it. it took the fifth seventy five times because he was defrauding. Yeah, four hundred million dollars. But yeah, what a great mm-hmm. guy. Anyway, uh, Rick Scott. You know, he was all about Rick Scott. He had a bunch of consultants who were about Rick Scott. You got Danes now. You know, Danes, Danes, I think, is going to try and get moderates through and play in primaries in a way that Rick Scott didn't want to because Rick Scott only gives a shit right. about Rick Scott and he didn't want to pay that price if he was going to try and be president. Danes isn't, Steve Danes isn't going to be president. I don't think he cares about that. So he's put together a team that is really going to focus on it. The problem is, is that, you know, the train has left the station. McCormick will be the nominee in Pennsylvania. I mean, Mastriano. Right, 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 right. Mastriano will be the nominee. In Wisconsin, they're trying to get somebody to run against Tammy Baldwin. The obvious one would be Mike Gallagher or Brian Steele. Steele's already said he's out, and Gallagher is really kind of backing off because now he's, you know, oh, I have my China thing, right. blah, blah, blah. Better just, you know, right? And, and beating Tammy Baldwin in a state that just – voted overwhelmingly for Protasevich, they're going to get crazy in Wisconsin. I don't know what they're going to get in Montana. I would guess they're going to get crazy against Tester. They're going to get crazy in Arizona. What's going to happen in Nevada? 
God, no. (laughs) If I had to bet, you know, for those who want to bet on politics, I can tell you a good way to make it is arbitrage. (laughs) Go and bet on crazy or and put some money on Jackie Rosen. Yeah, right. I, I do think, though, I mean, obviously, Pennsylvania being such an important state for the for the presidential, we want Mastriano again for that seat. And and I and I, honestly, from what I was hearing in D.C., we talked about Casey. will oh, take yeah. his ass. We talked about this last week. Uh, you and I talked about this last week. Yeah, we're hearing that a lot of these billionaires that the McConnell people would love to recruit mm-hmm. basically have now gotten soft on it because they're like, well, look, if Trump is picking you know the people and and DeSantis isn't going to be the nominee what are we going to do why should I take this why should I spend all this money of my own money and 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 look it's a legitimate concern if you're a rich guy it's a legitimate issue if you're some billionaire that they want to have run and and you and you you know that Donald Trump's at the top of the ticket picking one of your opponents because you didn't exactly say exactly the right word at the right time for Donald Trump at some point I mean, I just, I, I think, right. I think we could end up with what looked like a great map for Republicans turning into a nightmare. Yeah, and I mean, I think, think about McCormick. There's a rich guy yep. with a, a wife who, you know, misses. Dina Powell. Um, Dina Powell. But uh, Dina Powell. Um, you know, you think that Dina and McCormick came out of that thing better off than they were? Not, no, no way. Like they spent a shitload of money. Their reputation got shocked. Yeah. And, you know, he, he barely beat Kathy for truth and, and lost, lost to, uh, to well, us. I mean, you know, crazy uh, Kathy in Pennsylvania. Also, I got to tell you, that was one that I think we're going to look back and see that as a weird preview. And I'm going to put two things together for you and see what you think about this. So I'm down giving a speech last week in Sarasota and I'm talking to this guy and he says, you know, Mike Flynn is now out putting together, uh, these groups to go out and run ultra MAGA candidates against the MAGA candidates. People who weren't who weren't MAGA enough. He's pushing like to find QAnoners and and oathkeeper types and the crazies. And and it just seems like there's this cycle where the Tea Party ate the conservatives, the MAGAs ate the Tea Party. Now the ultra MAGAs are going to eat the MAGAs. Yeah, I mean this is part of the authoritarian arc, right? It's the purity test. It's all the it's all the the slow grind of you weren't enough with the dear leader. You weren't enough with, you know, with the with the with the five year plan, etc. Well, fidelity to the leader is the key, right? So people keep doubling down. I think another example of that is, you know, Fox. Sure. Fox is they built a business model on extremism. Mm-hmm. And the idea that intolerance and overconfidence sells, which are the last two psychological steps of extremism. And um, and look at what happened to him when they stopped. Trump came along and personified it in our politics and basically ate him. And now he owns them. And if they cross mm-hmm. him, what happens? People move to OANN, they move to Newsmax, and you're already seeing that. And, you know, because those extremists have become radicalized, really, they fit the definition of radicalized, yeah. need never sure. narrative. And Donald Trump is the one who who did that. And so it it's not surprising at all, right? Like they're just trying to dig further and further into the outrage. The good news is, is that every time they do that, they create more vulnerability along the Bannon line, um, uh, more openings for for for, you know, uh, to move middle ground former Republicans or or reasonable Republicans to vote against crazy. Um, 
And I think the other thing that happens with right. this is, you know, with time, they're going to start fighting amongst themselves. They want to start a civil war in America. Like you and I no, have this many times. Many times. The key is to get them to have that, a civil that war. That is exactly my goal. I want them to have their own their own bloodbath before we uh, before we have to deal with their shit. And we just have to build trenches to keep them away from from those people yeah. that are and and I think that that have been consistently doing the right. Yeah, thing. I think I think there is a slow motion collapse, you know, inside that MAGA movement that is going to lead to these kind of purity tests and civil war things. Because look, when when DeSantis is once and for all uh, beaten down by Trump, I suspect you're going to end up with a there will be a day where a lot of the gentry Republicans, as I call them sort of sort of throw their hands up in the air and say, God bless it. I don't want to have to go vote for this guy again. I don't want to have to pretend that I think Trump is great and that Trump is so much better than Joe Biden. Some of them will do it, but a, but a fraction of them, I mean, that's one of my few like optimistic notes is like a large fraction of them are going to say, uh-uh, I'm out of this BS. I'm not doing it. Well, here's the other thing is that is that, and we've been saying this for a while, right? Ron DeSantis, it, it, <laughs> On this stuff, it isn't awesome being right, right. as much as we are. But but uh, Ron DeSantis, he is Scott. Oh Walker, yeah, right. In 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 six years, he's going to be shucking some anti woke stuff, playing the same old hits. And what it kind of reminds me of, I made this point on civic media today across Wisconsin because we got talking about Walker. Scott Walker is like Katy Perry, man. He's a Vegas lounge act right. at this point. And that's exactly where Ron DeSantis, he's going to be a political Vegas lounge act before this is over. And he's going to be playing his same hits. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and I think I think a lot of the stuff he's doing in Florida right now on the authoritarian spectrum is because I think he kind of knows that's going to be his dinner theater circuit when he's when he's out of the presidential race. <laughs> right. So, hey, right. he's going to be doing California girls <laughs> years after the fact. Oh my God. All right. Well, listen, Trivi, thank you so much for joining me today, man. I really appreciate it. This is a great conversation. As always, Anytime, my friend, Rick. I will talk to you again very soon. Probably like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. Right? <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Trig. One of the most fundamental rules of politics is to fight the fight that you're in, not the fight you want to be in. And so today's enemies list comprises you fucking progressives. Stop it. Cut it out. You know what you're doing. You're bitching and moaning about Biden. You're trying to have Gavin Newsom in the wings waiting to take over if he stumbles. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's not that I care about your politics. It's that I care about the politics of the campaign and you need to cut it out right now. They're still muttering. They're still complaining when Biden's about to announce his campaign. If you don't understand the Republican rules by now, let me make it clear to you. They come together. They unify in a way that you can't imagine. They will all be behind Trump. No matter how many polls you think right now say, oh, Republicans aren't happy. Yeah, a lot of them aren't. We're going to try to split them off later. But the establishment will come behind him in absolute lockstep. The money will come behind him in absolute lockstep. Every one of those rich guys that's given to DeSantis right now, they're all going to give Trump everything. And you know what? I know you're not happy. You didn't get what you wanted on climate change or this or that or whatever the other issue is. He's the candidate. He's going to be the only candidate you have access to in 2024 pending some terrible externality. And he's going to be the guy that runs against Trump. So you better get your shit together right now 
today. Stop complaining. Stop bitching in the shadows. Stop whispering to reporters that you wish you could have Gavin Newsom or Pete Buttigieg. You can't. You don't. It's not the world you live in. It's not the campaign you're going to fight. It's going to be Trump versus Biden. Get your shit together because right now you're complaining and your bitching is depriving Biden of a clear takeoff as the campaign is announced. And you need a clear takeoff if you're going to beat Trump. He's running a much more serious, real campaign this time. And it's going to be a tough run. It's going to be a hard road. You're on the enemies list. Get your shit together. Thanks again for listening to The Enemies List. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at TheRickWilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who, like us, is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times, please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah. But you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list. <laughs>